If stress is a big part of your vocabulary, I want you to listen up. As moms, we're taught that the best way to beat stress is to invest in more self-care. Do more, push harder, keep pressing on. But I'm here to help you stop all of that. Now imagine how simpler your life would be if you stopped letting stress, anxiety, and overwhelm get the best of you. If you're wondering how you could possibly do this, I'd like to invite you to a free virtual mini training that I'll be hosting on Thursday, November the 4th at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's called Motherhood Stress Reframe. Yes, we're reframing the way we see stress, and I'm going to show you why what you're doing right now may not be working. Then I'll also give you the tools that you need to help you navigate stress without pulling your hair out, because I know we have those days. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can check out all the details and sign up at oliveandbliss.ca forward slash training. I can't wait to see you there. If you've parented for even a second, you'll know the well-meaning parents or friends that typically give you unsolicited advice, especially when it comes to your child's eating, their body, or how you should be raising them. You probably hear comments like, your child is too fat, your child is too skinny, or questions like, did you know that sugar is bad? Or my favorite, you should give your child more of this food. Or maybe you're the one doing this. If you're on the receiving end of those comments, you know this can sometimes feel really stressful, especially when you're doing your best to establish a non-diet approach to health and eating in your home. And that's why this week, we're going to talk about what to do when people food police your child, including what to do if that food police is you. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Mom Podcast. My name is Uime, and I'm here to help you thrive in motherhood. How are you? I'm feeling a bit giddy and excited because we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this podcast in a couple of weeks. Like, what? (laughs) I must say I have changed so much from the woman I was when I first thought about starting a podcast to the woman I am now. Back then, I was so worried about having to show up every week talk to you all, and I thought, surely, you know, one day there'll be nothing to talk about. But here we are, almost a year in, and my mind is blowing from all the things that I want to share with you. I look forward to sharing every week, and I'm just so excited to hear all the transformation that some of you are getting just from listening to this podcast. It's truly amazing, and I'm so honored to be able to share this with so many of you. That being said, if you are yet to leave us a review, please pause this episode and leave us a five-star rating and some beautiful notes. It helps us to get in front of so many more moms who would benefit so much from this message. Thank you so much. All right, so this weekend is Halloween and typically the beginning of the holiday season in North America, which feels to so many parents like the opening day to sweets and treats for kids. A lot of parents are on high alert for candies and treats, and they worry about what to do 
about all the holiday treats that the kids are just so excited to have. So I thought, how about I give you a two for one and talk about how to navigate the food police in this season, especially sometimes if that food police is you and you don't recognize it. So let's dive in. For context, and for those who are not familiar with this, the food police in terms of intuitive eating typically monitors the food rules that you have. So it's almost like a persona that accuses you when you don't follow food rules. And for some people, it's easy to recognize when they have that food police, but not so much for other people. Now, sometimes the food police gets described as a voice in your head. The thing is, before that voice gets in your head, it may have been a person who criticized you about what you were eating, how and how much you were eating. And this could have been a parent, a loved one, a partner, a friend. And with repeated exposure, that voice just stayed in your mind and eventually became yours. And this is why so many people, when they try to do intuitive eating on their own, they might struggle because they don't really know how to identify that they're still struggling with the voice of the food police or they don't know how to silence it. So in efforts to prove that they're actually eating intuitively, they'll fling to the other side of the pendulum and start to eat rebelliously. If this is you, I want you to know that this is completely normal. Your rebellion is a sign that you really want your freedom and you should want your freedom. You can gain freedom without eating rebelliously. I highly recommend that you seek support with a trained intuitive eating counselor like myself, or you can check out the intuitive eating directory for someone in your area so they can support you. I'll include a link to the intuitive eating directory in the show notes. Okay, now we're on the same page about the food police. I want to say one more thing. (laughs) You don't have to be dieting to have food police thoughts or to be the food police to yourself or your child. I just want you to know that. It's so important to recognize this because if you don't, you might be so focused on changing everybody and everything around you. Well, you're kind of doing the very thing that you're asking other people to stop. So just something to be aware of. Now, here's an exercise that I do with my clients. And this is where we get to find out if there's some signs or some food policing going on in their homes. So typically when we're working through um, getting them comfortable with using a neutral approach to food in their homes, I'll ask them to write out all the food rules that their parents and caregivers had for them when they were growing up. And then on a separate sheet of paper, they write their own rules that they have for their own kids. Typically, many moms will be like, oh, I don't have any rules. And I just say, you know what? Take your time. Think about it. So you can do this too. Write down on a sheet of paper all the rules your parents or your caregivers had, some that you have for yourself. And then on a separate sheet of paper, write the rules that you have for your kids. This is all about bringing awareness. There's no judgment here. We're just paying attention because once you're aware, then you can make the change that you need. And then once they have both lists, we just compare and reflect on what they find. Do you want to guess what they typically find? (laughs) 95% of the time, those moms are repeating the cycle of diet culture that they grew up with. And they don't recognize it. And I love this exercise because my job as a coach is always to hold the space to help my clients see possibility when it comes to food freedom or body image freedom or freedom from stress or whatever other life challenge that they may have. So that involves coaching them to become aware of those thoughts because their thoughts drive their actions. 
And once they're able to see that root cause of the challenges that they have, that's when the true transformation starts. So I could tell them, but it's so much easier and so much more empowering for them when they work through this and discover it for themselves. And it's really fascinating because (laughs) some of these moms will say things like, I know I'm nothing like my mom who used to force me to eat vegetables. Yet once they go through that exercise, they realize how they withhold treats from their kids unless they finish all their food. It's the same thing. It's just showing up differently. Something to pay attention to. I think it's really important that we need to know that we're doing this if we are. Because when other people are food policing our kids, we need to put boundaries in place. But we also need to put those boundaries in place for ourselves if we're being the food police. And get the help that we need so that we can more appropriately help our children. Another thing I want to say here is that sometimes people mean well when they make those comments. But the thing is, that creates a lot of mental distress and discomfort for the person who is being policed. Especially if you're the mom trying to create this positive feeling relationship with your child and you're still struggling with your own relationship with food. Now, if you're the one who's being the food police, you're also contributing to your child feeling anxious at mealtimes. And this will typically show up in their behavior. So for you, you might think, oh, they just like acting out at mealtimes, but it's actually a safety thing for them. I teach my clients in Thrive about this because it really changes how they approach mealtimes. But let's talk about what to do when people food police your child. Number one is to be committed to staying the course of helping your child build a healthy relationship with food, no matter what. A lot of us will make decisions and we're straddling the fence when it comes to feeding our kids. But you can't be half in, half out. You need to make that decision and be 100% committed. And how do you know when you're not 100% committed? You start to think about how much easier it would be to just go back to restricting, controlling your child's eating, and then just figuring it out. Then you try and find more courses and more programs or more people to tell you that what you're doing is the right thing. Sometimes we convince ourselves and say it's for the sake of the child. Again, there's no judgment here. I've been that mom. And I want you to know that it's no fault of yours. This is a sign that there's something within you that needs to be addressed. Mostly, it's that you worry that you'll be seen as a terrible parent. And that's okay. It's okay to admit it. Because when you admit it, then you're empowered to take decisions and be more committed to this goal. So rather than taking your anxiety as a sign that you're doing the wrong thing, see it as an opportunity to lean into what's happening. And then you can start with a simple question like, I wonder why I feel the need to force my child to eat vegetables. (laughs) That's a good question. Just think about it and then see what comes up for you and do what you can to work on yourself too. The next thing you want to do is communicate with your child. Sometimes we forget that our children are part of this process. So depending on their age, you can remind them why this is important so that they start practicing how to stand up for themselves. So simple things like you don't have to eat it if you don't want to can really feel empowering for them because that's giving them that permission. Then another favorite of mine is that just reminding them that there are no good or bad foods. If there's an allergy or food intolerance or a special need that needs to be addressed, 
that's fine. You can continue to remind them that there's nothing wrong with their bodies. The food that you're not giving them, they're not just helpful for them in that moment. And that doesn't mean that their body is broken. Their body is just different and it prefers different kinds of foods. If you don't make it a big deal, the kid will not make it a big deal. Another thing I want to say is never assume ill intent. So a lot of us, I know because I'm a mama bear too, we want to jump in and start being defensive and argumentative with people. But I want you to take a step back. Just because someone says something doesn't mean you need to lash out. In fact, if you lash out, that means there's something within you that's being triggered. And that's an opportunity for you to explore what is at the root of that. Another thing you might notice is that when people make comments, this is typically based on the area that they feel they may be lacking or they may have lacked. So you can politely just ask them to clarify what they mean before you respond. Once you're clear on their intent, you can then, if they're open to listening, you can educate them on why you chose to approach feeding the way you do and focus on the positive changes that you're seeing in your family as a whole or your child since you started implementing this kind of approach to eating. Finally, I want to say this one thing, and this is what I offer all my clients who talk about their struggle with feeding kids. Advocate for your child. Yes, to the doctor, to your mom, your sister, your friend, even the teacher, you need to advocate for your child. And this means that you have to do your own work in developing the confidence that you need to stand up and you have to be willing to risk some relationships to protect your child. I know it sounds a little bit difficult, but trust me, it'll help you so much and reduce your own stress. Now, many of us have been through the hard knock life of diet culture, not because we chose to, but because our parents didn't know what to do when someone pointed out that our bodies were wrong. So they did what they did to protect us. Obviously, some of them, like some of us do, was to protect themselves and their egos. And that's okay. We're not going to hold grudges against them. If this happened to you, you know how it feels. So now is your opportunity to change the course for your own child. When you're not sure what to say, always again, focus on the positive impact that this approach is having on your child and keep it brief. There's no need to go into explaining yourself or get into an argument. State your point, advocate for your child, and focus on the positive changes that are happening. Now, there's so much I could say about this, but I'm going to stop here and remind you that no one has it all figured out. This journey is one of so many ups and downs, and the best way to go through it is just to have so much compassion for yourself and always ask. What am I making this mean for me? There's so much power in bringing that awareness to yourself, my friend. Now, I hope this was helpful. I'm curious to know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode. Please share with me on Instagram or Facebook. Tag me at Olive and Bliss Wellness. Share with your mom friends too, because a lot of us need this. I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Hey. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me, 
and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.